0: Well, good morning, Chapel Hill. Welcome to a brand new decade. And welcome to Chapel Hill this morning. If uh, you're new with us, we're really glad that you decided to join us. And this is a great weekend to come and join us. Every first weekend of the year, we have a special thing happen here at Chapel Hill. We look back on the last year. We look back at what God has done, how he has been faithful to us. I will sing of the goodness of God. And we look forward to this new year and we take a moment to renew our commitment to Jesus and to his body, the church, as we begin this new year. And let's begin by looking back. We're going to reflect back upon what God did Through this church in 2019, and I'm gonna share some numbers with you. And as I do, I just want you to remember these numbers represent individuals. These are men and women who have done something or, or made a decision about something, and, and, and their lives have been changed forever as a result. And so I've got a few numbers from the last year I want to share as we look back. And the first of them maybe is a little bit sad, but at the same time, for, for those whom, to whom it applies, it is great joy and happiness. In the last year, 15 of our members were resurrected to new life with Jesus and are now with him by his side, and the most recent of which, as Pastor Larry mentioned earlier, was Tan Jenkins, our early childhood coordinator whose life we celebrated yesterday. At the same time in 2019, we had 63 new members join Chapel Hill. Men and women who said, yes, I'm in on the work that God is doing here at Chapel Hill. I want to be a part of That. Also last year, we celebrated immersion baptisms. That's where you actually like go all the way under the water in our sanctuary for the first time ever in Chapel Hill history. And we in total last year saw 47 people get baptized, which is fantastic. We're going to have some more this morning. But here's, here's my favorite number from the last year. It's the number of people in 2019 who here at Chapel Hill made a profession of faith in Jesus for the first time, made a decision to say yes to Jesus for the first time. Last year, we celebrated, you, you well, go, go ahead, you wait till you hear the number. All right. 194 people last year. We believe that may well be more than in any other year in the history of Chapel Hill. So we really we really believe God is stirring something here, God's doing something in our midst. In fact, there was a magazine, Outreach Magazine, who named Chapel Hill as one of the 100 fastest growing churches in the United States in 2019. So God, God's really on the move here. And uh, we we wanted to kind of put legs on this. We've had this beyond these walls vision that we've been talking about for a while, but but we we decided we got we got we to gotta put legs on this thing now. How can we as the congregation really go beyond these walls? And um, we began preaching in the fall about for the city and for your neighbors. And we invited you to host neighborhood gatherings all over this city, all all over Port Orchard, all over the Key Peninsula. And in total, in the fall. 58 neighborhood gatherings were hosted where people were invited into homes and, and shown hospitality, which is just amazing. Great job, Chapel Hill, showing love to your neighbors in that way. But we're not done. 2020 is going to be an incredible year for Chapel Hill Church because in 2020, we're going to have another first. And that is that we are going to launch our very first church plant, Chapel Hill. Poor Orchard with Pastor Megan leading the charge. Really excited about that. You, you're going to hear more in the coming weeks, but here's a, here's a little update. We are in the final stages of securing our dream location, like the one we were praying for, the one we, we just didn't know if it was possible. It looks like we're going to get it. We just, we just need sign on the line, and it's done, which is amazing. And Our first service at Chapel Hill Port Orchard will be Easter Sunday 2020. Less than three months away, which is awesome. Come on. So God is on the move. God is at work. He's at work in this part of the US. He's drawing people to himself and we want to be a part of that. And today we're going to offer all of us an opportunity to commit to that work of God through his body in 2020, through through the body of Christ in Gig Harbor, in Port Orchard, around the US and, and across the globe. An opportunity to, to make or, or or renew a commitment that we belong, both us and our families, to this move of God through his church. And we're going to do that in the same way that Christians have been doing it for almost 2,000 years, and that is through baptism. Both through people being baptized for the first time and through those of us who've already been baptized, renewing our baptismal vows, first said by us or on our behalf when we became a part of this global movement called the church. I don't know if in your life you ever joined a club or a society, maybe when you're in college, or, or maybe you're thinking about joining a club or a society when you go to college. When I was in college, I, I joined the rugby club. And in order to join the rugby club, I had to go through something that was called initiation. And initiation was a it was kind of a ceremony that was passed down through the generations of rugby players. And every new member of the club had to go through this set of proceedings in order to, to belong, in order to become a member of the rugby club. And, and to be honest, rugby initiation was not the most pleasant experience I ever went through. And, and being rugby, and rugby players being the ones who decided how things would go, it involved a lot of drinking. And, uh, and and so I I really wanted to participate in this. I really wanted to be a part of this because I knew what it would signify. It would mean, once I'd gone through it, that I belonged. I was one of them. But at the same time, I really didn't feel comfortable drinking as much as they needed me to drink in order to do it. And so I, I, I think I actually lost sleep over this. I was seriously worried about how I was going to solve this conundrum. And then I, I, had a, I had a thought, I had an inspiration, and I went to the captain and I said, hey look, I really, I really want to participate in this, but I just can't drink as much as, as you're asking me to drink. It, just, it doesn't sit well with my conscience, with my faith. Um, it, I, I've got compromise though, if you're open to it. Would you be willing to trade out all the beer that you're asking everyone else to drink? For me, w- would I be able instead to drink milk? Of course, a big smile came upon his face, and he said, absolutely. (laughs) And it did not all stay down in my belly, let me tell you that. (laughs) But once I'd gone through with it, once I'd done that initiation, I became one of them. I belonged. And belonging is a really powerful thing. Really powerful I watched Star Wars Episode Nine last weekend, and the, the main character, Rey, she was abandoned as a child, and, and, and she's searching all over the galaxy for a place to belong. Who are my people, she's asking? Who are they? Where is this place where I belong? And I won't spoil what happens for you, but let me, let me tell you, I was moved when she found the answer to the question that she was asking belonging's a powerful thing and the church is a place where you can belong it's a place where i have found belonging and i'm not talking about the physical building i'm talking about the people i have found belonging in the church of jesus christ i have found belonging here at chapel hill especially as i'm so many miles away from my home country and from from my family I have found family here. I have found brothers and sisters and parents and and grandparents and nieces and nephews. I'm reminded often of the time when Jesus said this to his followers. Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake or for the gospel. Who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. I have found that to be true. I have found a place here in the body of Christ, in the church, in this community where I belong. Where I am known, where I am loved, where I am accepted, where I am welcomed in. And I think every single one of us, built into us, has a desire to be a part of a community like that. To belong to a community. Every single one of us. And of course, belonging to a community like that doesn't just happen. Otherwise, we'd all be satisfied. It takes effort. It requires time, just like being part of my rugby club required my time and my effort. Being a part of a community like the church requires something of us. It requires a, an ongoing life of, of love and, and kindness, of, of serving others, of, of being a part of what God is doing here. But that, that whole journey of belonging starts in one place. It all begins with one rite of passage. It all begins with one initiation. And that is baptism. Baptism is the sign that, that marks out this reality that we belong. It's, it's the seal that's placed upon us that tells the world around us that we are a part of something that is bigger than just me. The early church leader, Paul, wrote to one of the churches he planted in a city called Corinth. He wrote this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Paul's using an image here to help us understand what's going on. He's using the image of the human body. He's saying that the human body has, has many members or many different parts. It has hands and feet, knees and ankles, heads and shoulders, and knees and toes. <laughs> and although there are many different members in the body, many different parts, there's only one body it's united. And in the same way, Paul says, although everyone in the church is coming from different places, and he says Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, maybe today we would say black or white, rich or poor. Although people are coming from many different places, they are all one in this body of Christ, the church. And Paul explains how that came to be. How did we all come from all of these different places and come together in this one body? And the answer he gives is baptism. Here's how another translator puts that that same passage. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. But when we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything, this is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptised. Baptism is the act that proclaims we are no longer independent. We're no longer lone rangers getting to call our own shots. No, baptism is the act which declares that we are part of something bigger than ourselves, something more integrated, something as intricately connected and woven together as the human body. Baptism is the act in which we give up our control. And we submit ourselves to the head of the body, to Jesus Christ. And at the same time, we submit ourselves to one another. Baptism is the sign that that marks out this reality that you belong to the body of Christ. You are a member of the body of Christ, the church. And baptism is the seal placed upon us that tells the world this person is a part of something bigger than just themselves. Something that has meaning. Something that has purpose. Something that gives them an identity and provides them with a place where they can belong. Baptism is the initiation of the church. But for those early Christians, many of whom were Jews, they, as they were hearing these words that Paul had written, they would have been familiar with another form of initiation. There was a, a Jewish initiation rite, something performed on every baby boy aged eight days old. Circumcision. Circumcision was the initiation that God had given the Jewish people to, to mark who was in and who was out. And as the church grew in its early years, it it was predominantly Jewish. But there was this, to begin with, small and over time larger and larger influx of Gentiles, non-Jews, into the church. And these Gentiles, they hadn't been circumcised. And so the arguments began to arise within the church. Well, hang on. We've got these Gentiles coming in and they're joining the Jewish faith. This is is a Jewish faith. We're historically Jewish. We're the people of God who have always been Jews. And we're all following a Jewish Messiah. So surely all these Gentiles who are becoming a part of this would have to go through the same initiation that we went through. Circumcision. But the early church leaders decided against that. They gathered together in Jerusalem. We can read about it in the book of Acts, chapter 15. And while they were there, they began to have discussions about what would be the initiation for the church. And they decided that circumcision was not what would be the initiation for the church. Instead, they decided to make the, the sacrament, the The ceremony that Jesus himself had instituted as the initiation rite for the church. And this act was something that that was not exclusive to one gender. It was something that both men and women could participate in, unlike circumcision. This act was something that was necessary for, for people coming from all races It wasn't something that only Gentiles had to do. It was something that both Jews and Gentiles had to do. And it was something that could be performed anywhere that there was water, as the Ethiopian eunuch found out. And they would have had a hard time circumcising him. (laughs) This initiation ceremony... This, this rite of passage that was chosen and practiced by the early church, this, this ceremony that marked people out as belonging, as, as coming together as one, as, as, as being a part of the body of Christ, a member of the body of Christ, was baptism. And baptism itself is a sign of a greater reality. As I've been saying, it's a sign that that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves, that we belong to the body of Christ. But not only that, that through our incorporation into the body of Christ, we receive and inherit all of the promises that God has made to his people. That we are united together with Jesus. That as Jesus went down into the grave we too, as we go under the water, die to our sin. And that as Jesus was risen again to new life, we too are raised to new life as we come up out of the waters of baptism. That as, as the waters of baptism washes our skin, so our souls are washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And that as Noah and his family were saved by water, we are saved through the waters of baptism. Baptism is the means through which God shows his saving grace to his body, the church. And if you have been baptized, you belong to this visible community of the church, And you stand to inherit all of the promises of God for his people. And some of us were baptized as babies. I was baptized in a Roman Catholic church in Hammersmith, London. Some of us had parents or grandparents who, who took those vows on our behalf and said, yes, this child belongs to the body of Christ. Others of us, we're baptized later in life, as children or, or adults, when we professed faith ourselves, and we took those vows with our own lips. And this morning, we're going to take time to remember our baptisms. Remember the vows that, that were taken by us or by our parents. And remember that at one point in our life, we became a part of something bigger than ourselves. We became members of the body of Christ. The reborn, forgiven, saved body of Christ, the church through whom God is bringing hope to the whole world. And this weekend, if you have been baptised, In a moment, I'm going to invite you to come forward. And at the front of each of your sections, there'll be one of us pastors. And as you come forward, we're going to mark the sign of the cross on your forehead with water to help you to remember the reality that you have been baptized. And not only that you've been baptized, but the even greater reality to which it points, that you belong, that you belong. You are a part of the church. You are a member of the body of Christ. You are a part of a a community of people that God is using to bring hope and restoration to this world. And if Chapel Hill is your home church, and you're part of a community where 194 people made decisions for Jesus last year, you're a part of a community that's going to have a baby in 2020, you're a part of that. You belong to the body of Christ, to the church. And so as you come forward and the pastor marks your head, they're going to say to you, you belong. And here's what I'd love you to say in return. I belong. Now, I know how this works. I tell you that right now and then you get up front and I say you belong. You go... So we're going to practice it just to make sure. Okay? Okay? So the pastor says, you belong, and you say, I belong. That's it, you got it. But I know there are people here this weekend, many of them right down here in the front wearing t-shirts like me, who haven't been baptized. And if you are here this weekend and you haven't been baptized, we're going to make space For you to do that. If you're here this weekend and you have a child who hasn't been baptized, we're going to make space for you to do that. We're going to have elders at the doors on either side. And if you would like to be baptized this morning, or you would like to have your child baptized this morning, as everyone else is coming forward to remember their baptisms, I'd ask would you go to the side by the doors and speak to one of our elders? They're going to have a clipboard. They've just got a few questions that they want to ask you. yourself or or as a parent to make sure you understand what it is that you want to go through. And then before the service finishes, we'll bring you up front with all the others who've already indicated that they want to be baptized. And we will do that before the end of the service. So if that's you, if you're here this morning and and maybe you're just, you're sensing, yeah, today is the day I need to do this. I, I need to make that decision. I belong to Jesus and I belong to his body the church. If that's you, come forward or come to the sides, I should say, to the elders who will be there. And, and if you'd like to do that for your child, please do the same thing. Pick him up from childcare if you want to. And then we'll baptize you. And don't worry about clothes. I'm going in that big thing dressed like this. Um, you can You can do that too. Also, it's just as effective to sprinkle you with water as it is to dunk you in the tank. So if you'd rather have water down here, we're okay with that too. But we have towels, we have t-shirts, so we're, we're prepared for you if you make that decision this morning. So in a moment, I'm going to pray. And as I pray, the band are going to come out and we're gonna, uh, they're going to lead us in a song. And as they're leading that song, I'd love you all to come forward if you've been baptized, row by row, kind of like we do for communion, stand up and move out to the right and then come forward and there'll be a pastor at the front of each section. And the pastor's going to say, you belong, and you're going to say, Great. And then, if you would like to be baptized and you haven't yet let us know about that, you guys have already let us know, so you're good, but if you haven't let us know, come and speak to one of the elders on the side and they'll ask you a few questions and we'll make sure that we can do that before the end of the service. You guys hold tight and we'll invite you up after everyone else has has come forward with uh, families. Bring your children up with you when all that's done. So let me pray and then we'll do just that. Well, Lord, we thank you for this reality that we have been brought into the body of Christ. That no longer... Are we lone rangers? No longer are we independent, but we belong. We're part of a family. And I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would seal that into our hearts. That we would know deep within us that we have a place and that we have a people. And Lord, for those who are here this morning who have not been baptized, those who have already said, yeah, this is what I want to do this morning or I I want to baptize my child this morning, Lord, we we pray for them that you would be in the midst of what we're about to do. And Lord, for those who who haven't been baptized but are just sitting here thinking about it, I pray that you would help them to make the decision that is right, the decision of, of your appointing. Lord, speak to them, witness to them by your Spirit during this time. And Lord, I pray that this time would be a blessing when every one of us would would be filled with a deep sense of belonging, of being a part of something greater and bigger, full of meaning and, and purpose, being a member of the body of Christ, the church. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.